You're listening to the Buildify Method Podcast, where we're all about mindset, systems, and profit. As a nationally recognized business consultant, coach, and speaker, your host, Aaron Keith, is passionate about supporting the entrepreneur community by sharing his knowledge gained from coaching over 10,000 entrepreneurs in nearly 20 years at companies ranging from billion-dollar enterprises and celebrities all the way to Main Street and small startups. Each Buildisode's blunt, no-bullshit conversation is led by Aaron along with his co-host Ryan Coyne, a veteran tech consultant and nationally recognized speaker. Each week, Aaron and Ryan deconstruct mental and physical aspects of the topics that challenge all successful entrepreneurs, while also providing coaching, insight, and specific advice on distinctions that affect all growth-minded entrepreneurs. So listen up. It's time to work on your business, not just in your business. Hello, everyone, and welcome. My name is Aaron Keith, and I want to welcome you all to the Buildify Method podcast. I'm joined today with my co-host, Ryan Coyne. Thank you, Aaron. And today, I'm welcoming everybody back for part two in our two-part series called Essential Finance for Business and Personal. We packed a lot of information into part one of this episode series. Um, We're transitioning from talking about purely on the business side to the personal side of life. For not only our listeners, who of course are duality uh, creatures like the rest of us, um, but also for potential listeners who need to start with the personal because they hope to start a business because we support both sides, startups and existing companies. So, you know, I want to start um, with some some really visceral fundamentals, right? Human behavior and the mindset people have around their money. You know, how many of our listeners are like most people and barely even follow a budget if they have one, right? They may check it and then hope that they were keeping in line with what goals they had set for themselves, only to find out they didn't. And maybe there's not really consequences for that. And it's not really encouraging, right? So, so yeah. So can, can you go into that for us? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's so true, right, Ryan? How many of us know that we're supposed to have a budget? Right. And then those of us who actually have a budget, how many of us actually follow the budget with integrity? Right. So that's where we really need to start is the behavioral around our money. What are, one of the things I've noticed, and again, I had to go through this with my finance coach for years and years and years. This is a lesson that took me a long time to learn. And for most of my clients I run into, they have to learn this lesson as well. I, I really wish this was taught in, in grade schools. What helps us bring integrity? and discipline and consistency to our money is us being attached to our why, whatever that is for us. You know, I want to buy my first home. I want to save up money to put, uh, you know, braces on my kids. I want to save for a wedding. I want to save for my kids, uh, you know, college fund. You know, I want to buy a new car. I want to put money away in my savings, or I want to start to invest in my retirement. All of us need to be connected mentally and emotionally to that why, that thing that really, really matters. Here's why. You know, most of us, and I'm sure you're the same, Ryan, my parents didn't really talk to us much about money. School didn't really teach me much of anything about money. So here I am as an adult, I'm starting to make some money in my first company, and I don't have the discipline or the understanding of the knowledge of what to do and how to do it. And when I do force myself to sit down and do it, it's grueling. It's painful. Like I do not like reconciling. It is the the worst three hours of my life. So I'm forced to do this task 
that I know I should do. I don't know if I'm doing it right. I, I don't like doing it and it's hard for me. But when you really get connected to your why, everything starts to shift. Because now you're doing something to build. You're building something. You're not just doing it because you know you're supposed to. So for a lot of us, really getting connected to what that is, is powerful. And I've told this to a lot of entrepreneurs. I do this still today. On the, the right-hand side of my business budget and my personal budget is my why. <clears throat> you can actually see it. It's actually, it's actually written. So that way, when I'm interacting with my finances, I'm actually also interacting with why I'm doing this. And it changes the context. So I think that's the first place all of us need to start is getting really clear this year. Why are we doing this? Why are we going to spend time really bringing integrity to our finances? So in, in that vein, you know, what's the power of a budget relating to your personal life, right? Because it sounds like everything really starts with the budget. It does. Your, your budget is the center point. It is the primary structure that brings integrity, right? So there's the integrity word again. So let's, let's talk a little bit more about integrity around our money. So we say this a lot, you know, we talked about this in the, in the uh, business finance podcast, and we're going to talk about it here again today, is to the degree that you can handle your money with integrity is to the same degree in which you can have more of it. So it's a really powerful statement that I was taught at a very young age. So if we can't handle our money personally, then how are we going to build wealth? Wealthy people have budgets, broke people don't. Wealthy people know how to manage their money. That's why they're wealthy. It's how they got there. So if you're not happy with how your bank account looks right now, then trust me, there's integrity that's missing from your financial structures and your budget is that primary structure. So that's the first place we have to look. So let's start to pull apart a business budget for a second. So what's the purpose of our budget, our personal budget? Our personal budget is designed to do a few key things. One to increase our reserves. Two, amplify our retirement contributions. Three, help managing our day-to-day -day and month-to-month -month spending. So that's really key, right? We need to understand that this is a structure that represents most of the experiences that we're going to have in our life. Most experiences this, in, in this day and age, Ryan, cost some degree of money. Driving to the beach, I got to pay for gas. I have to pay for insurance. I have to pay my, my, my auto bill. Right? So almost everything that we do in our life costs us something. Your personal budget is an existence system for almost everything in your life that matters to you. So it's a really amazing structure from that perspective. Mm. For those of our listeners who, who do have the duality and have the business that they manage and the personal life that maybe they neglect or they manage or something in between, you know, can you talk about the relationship between the personal budget and the business budget? Yeah, it's it's really interesting. I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand or don't see that correlation. So it's a, a domino effect. If your personal budget is wrong, then your business budget is then wrong or off, right? Because your business budget pays your salary, pays your distributions. Though that salary and distributions that go from your business to your personal then cover or fund your personal budget. So if your personal budget's wrong, then your salary and distribution's wrong. If your salary and your distribution's wrong, that means your whole business budget is then wrong. If your business budget's wrong, that means how you set up your sales goal 
is then wrong because your sales goal has to then cover your business budget. Your business budget then covers your personal budget. So there's a huge trickle down effect that happens. And what I see from a lot of entrepreneurs, at least those that are doing a decent job of their finances, they're focused on their company, not their personal. And mm. unfortunately, that duality between having integrity around your personal budget and the integrity around your business budget go hand in hand. They're the heads and tails of the same coin. So you have to bring integrity to both sides if you really want this thing to work properly. So, okay. So I want to take this information mm -hmm. and I want to have, I want to take action on it, right? Like where our whole thing is actionable advice and insights. So tell me, how do I properly set up my personal budget? Awesome. Great question. So here's what we're going to do. So everyone, you want to take notes, grab a pen, grab a piece of paper, you know, type some notes on your phone. Let's lay out how to set up a powerful, functional, personal budget. So the first thing we have to start with is, is just some, some knowledge, right? There's two kinds of expenses in the world that we want to pay attention to in this conversation. So the simplest way to set this up is break up your budget between fixed expenses and variable expenses. So your fixed expenses are, say, um, your mortgage or your rent. It's the same amount of money that you pay every single month. That's a fixed expense. That's obvious. Most of us pay a lot of attention to that. What's important and where most of us go way, way, way off track is your variable expenses. There's two kinds of variable expenses. One kind of variable expenses, say your power bill, right? So I get a power bill every month. The dollar amount is always different. Sometimes it's 400 bucks. Sometimes it's 800 bucks. And my AC has been running all summer. So that is a variable expense, but I get the bill every month. The second kind of variable expense is say home repairs. So I had to put a roof on my house this year. Wasn't planning for that. My water heater broke. Wasn't planning for that. But we do know that your house, your apartment is going to need something. Something's going to break, toaster, what have you. We know we need to set money aside. So the two kinds of variable expenses are one, a bill that comes every month, but the dollar amount varies. Or the second kind, you have a bill that we don't know when it's going to happen, but we know sometime in a 12-month period, it's going to show up and we're going to have to fund it. Those are your two kinds of expenses. Now, I really want to capitalize on this, everybody, because this is where I see 99% of people personally and in business really screw themselves. They are not paying attention to all of the variable expenses that exist. When I sit down and I look at my budget, one of the things that I noticed, this is just for me, is how much money I spend at GoDaddy, web domains I own, you know, other just services that I have that just show up once a year or twice a year. There's so many small ticky tacky expenses, hundred bucks a year, 25 bucks a year, 50 bucks a month, 10 bucks a month. All those things, most people do not write down and actually budget for. And it adds up to thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars a year. And some, for some people, it's thousands of dollars a month that they are not taking into consideration. So when that bill hits, uh-oh, it's not in the budget. So what do we do? We whip out the credit card. And Ryan, you've, you've known me for a very, very long time. I don't use Too credit long, cards. Yes. Yeah, I, I don't use credit cards. I have them. I do not use credit cards unless it's for like a random trip or I'm going overseas. But on my day-to-day -day or month-to-month, -month, I use zero credit cards in all of my companies. I don't need to. 
I could play the points game, which is a different conversation. But in general, I don't need a credit card. I'm budgeting. I have reserves for all this stuff. So which leads us to the next point. When you're doing your budget, when you're creating your budget, after you filled out your fixed expenses, your variable expenses, the next thing you do is it's an annual budget. You want to figure out how much you're going to spend over the course of 12 months for fixed and variable, and then you divide that whole number by 12. That gives you a consistent budget month over month over month. That means you're going to be putting away money every single month for your variable expenses. So when that expense happens, you have accrued that money, that money has accrued, it's sitting in the account and you can write the bill. That's the power of really having a good budget. Now, there we are, we've figured out our expenses for the year, we've divided it by 12, we now know what our monthly budget is, we know how much of that monthly budget is fixed expenses, we know how much of that monthly budget is variable expenses, now, here's the next step, everybody, and this is an absolutely critical step. We talked about this in the, in, in, the, in the business podcast for finances. It's compartmentalization. Compartmentalization is the single simplest step that'll give you power and freedom around your money. So here's what I mean. And I'm a fan of having as many accounts as you would like. So the more, the better. I think in total between business and personal, I have 13 different accounts. So let's take a look at this. When I'm breaking out my budget, there are some expenses that we consider key reserves or key expenses. These key expenses, we need to have correlating separate bank accounts for each one of them. So let's talk about the first key expense or key reserve that you want to have as a line item in your budget. The first one is going to be personal reserves. We need a minimum of six months of bare bones personal budget saved in a separate account. Next, investment money. Again, this is gonna be a separate bank account, its own bank account. Your investment money, or you can call this retirement money, whatever is comfortable for you. Your investment money is money you're putting in, into your 401k, in buying rental property. Any investments on the personal side are gonna come through this account. And again, it's gonna be a line item on your budget. So we know exactly how much you're budgeting every month to go into your personal reserves, your investment account, and next, your travel account. Travel's key. Travel's very, very important for our peace of mind and our sanity. So have a travel account. Next, and these are some kind of extra accounts. So if you have kids, you may want to have a college, a college fund account. You know, you know, if you're getting married or you want to save for your, your kid's wedding, there's a wedding account. You want to buy a new car, you can have a new car account. So again, have as many separate bank accounts as possible so that you're compartmentalizing that money and it's not just sitting in an account. It's really dangerous, Ryan, to have just a bunch of money sitting in one account. So I, I have business owners all the time say, oh, I, you know, I have $100,000 in this account. I'm like, great, what's it for? They're like, oh, it's for taxes, it's for payroll. I'm like, well, hold on, how much is for taxes? How much of it is for payroll? They're like, uh, um... Well, I, I don't really know, but I have enough. Right. I just know it's a big enough pile to cover whatever's coming. I don't, you know, yeah. Right. Which is, which is their feel good answer. It's not actually the truth. I know a lot of people personally that they have a, a bunch of money in an account. I'm like, oh yeah, it's my, it's my, my nest egg. I'm like, well, okay, what's it for? They're like, oh, it's for my retirement. It's for a rainy day. I'm like, well, do you take 
trips out of that money? Like, oh yeah, we take trips out of that money too. I'm like, well, hold on. Then, then what's for what? This is not how we manage money. You want to know exactly. So if my friend says, hey, let's take a ski trip, I can pull up my travel account. I'm like, oh, well, I got five grand in there. I, I know how much I can spend on my travels. It's a self-managing account. There's integrity to my money. I know exactly how much is in my tax account. I know exactly how much is in my reserve account. It brings a, an accuracy and an integrity and a clarity to the conversation that's missing for most people's finances. And that clarity, that understanding, that power is what all of us want. And we know instinctively, intuitively, that that clarity, that power is what's going to allow us to thrive and be, become a lot more wealthy than we are today. Mm. That is very powerful. Um, you know, I, I, I know, I know a lot of people talk about, you know, making their money work for them as well. Right. So there's, there's other business models that we've talked about in different industry verticals where, um, the concept of being a business who holds escrow accounts is very profitable because those accounts are an interest. Right. right? Yeah. It's like, while it's, while it's sitting, waiting to be transacted to somebody else, you know, so that's one of the ways that I look at my savings account, you know, is even if it's going someplace else, you know, it's, it's earning something while it's in there. Right. So there's absolutely there's that, that mentality can be applied a bunch of different ways um, to me. I know you've you've talked to me about that a bunch of times. So and, and, and some of the structure, too, right, I think is really important. So once we have an actual budget, right, and, you know, you're not going to do it right the first time. None of us are. It, it takes generally six months of following a budget rigorously. I mean, rigorously following it to have that budget evolve and become actually accurate. So don't get tripped up. Don't get down on yourself. Don't get hard when you're updating that budget. Like, oh man, I forgot that expense. Oh man, I forgot that expense. That's going to happen. That is the value. That is why we work on our budget. Let's talk, Ryan, a little bit about some timing. So do you, do you work on your budget once a month? Do you work on it every day? You know, what's, what's, the, what's the right question? We get this all the time from our, from our listeners. The, the common answer is weekly. You want to have a standing weekly meeting in your calendar that is unmovable, where that is what you do. You pay your bills. You transfer your money into these different accounts. You look at your budget and see, how have I spent so far this month against how I wanted to spend? That is the value of having that structure in your calendar. And I, I strongly recommend this, everybody. Do not, I repeat, do not do your finances in the evenings. That is a recipe for disaster. And I, again, I am, I've been doing this for a very long time and I am notorious for when I used to do this at night for transferring large sums of money into the wrong damn account. I'm like, wake up in the morning, I'm like, shit, what did I do? So you want to be fresh, clean, present, coffee in hand, do it in the morning. Have one, one day a week, a couple hours dedicated to your financial future. It is, it is one of the best things you can ever do. Yeah. Having that increased relationship builds a lot of confidence too, right? Like we all talk about being the kind of entrepreneur that is able to take these bold risks, right? But that, that risk goes from being a capital R to a lowercase R if you've got that better relationship to all this money. Absolutely. And think of it this way as an example, you know, let's say, you know, it's, it's the new year and, you know, one of your goals this year is to have a, you know, a really ripped fit body. Well, but if you don't have a personal trainer and you don't have a gym membership and you haven't changed your eating habits, 
then how are you going to hit that goal? But that's a lot of you listening. A lot of you listening, you want more money. You you want the the vacation house, the rental property, the bigger house, the, the you know the 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 nicer car, a better car, more cars. So many of us want want want, but our actions are inconsistent with what we say we want. Again, there's the integrity. So if if you listening, you want to increase your net worth, then I should see finance time in your calendar. If you're not working on your finances, you're not going to have more money. If you're not working on your body, you're not going to have better abs. So it's a direct correlation. Put in the time, you'll have more wealth. Increase your financial IQ, you'll have more wealth. So it's the time and the knowledge are the two main things that I noticed that a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people in general, haven't invested in. Hence, their financial situation hasn't really changed. It's very powerful. So, you know, there's a lot to to take into account here, right? There's a lot to keep track of. And we're always on the go. And everybody likes to have, you know, some kind of a, a an assistant in their life when it comes to these things. So maybe the, the personal side is not something you're going to have the luxury of having your business finance team manage for you. Maybe they do a little bit. Um, you know, your accountant might help you at the end of the year or quarterly with depending on your relationship to that. We've talked about that in previous build episodes in terms of how frequently you should be meeting with your accountant and having these standing meetings and things like that. Um, but when it comes to augmenting your, your workflow, almost when it comes to your finances, what are your feelings on budgeting apps for iPhone and Android, you know, our websites like mint and stuff like that, because we got uh, a couple of listener questions that were essentially asking the same thing, which is, you know, we've talked about business software and, you know, everybody knows the big ones, uh, to be able to manage money and finance in the business. Mm -hmm. But what would you, what are your feelings surrounding budgeting apps? Those are very hot right now. Yeah. It's, it's a challenging question for me to answer sometimes, Ryan, because, Sometimes I'm I'm in the mindset of, hey, listen, anything is better than nothing. So I'd rather you use Mint or, or some kind of app to, to bring some degree of awareness and integrity to your finances. And then the other part of me is like, well, if you're not going to do it right, don't just just don't do it. Right. So part of me is like, listen, don't don't half ass this. You know, some of these apps are they are a start, right? It's it's a step in the right direction, like getting a gym membership. So I can't knock it. But really where my heart's at with this is if you're going to do it, do it right. Don't half-ass it. Get a gym membership, hire a trainer, and change your diet. Like Just do it the way it's meant to be done or don't do it at all. It's kind of where my mind goes with this. And with, with a lot of these apps, here's my concern. A lot of the apps that I've seen, and again, I, I haven't seen them all, so there might be some out there that are doing what I need, but most apps simply track the actual. You spent this much on groceries. But that has no bearing on our human performance, our, our mental and emotional behavior around our spending, around our money. So the way that humans increase performance, just like sports, is we look at what's the goal and what's the actual. So we wanted to spend $600 a month on groceries. We really spent $675. Okay, well, there's some performance right there. I can see that I overspent or I was not present to my uh, my budget. Or 
if I keep doing that month over month over month, then my budget's off. I need to change my budget so it has integrity with what I actually need. So a lot of these apps, Ryan, are only tracking the actuality of what happened. There's no benchmark of our goal of our budget mapped against the spending. So it defeats a huge amount of the purpose behind this. And then I'd say there's another aspect of this too. And when I, and again, I've, I've had the pleasure of looking at hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, probably thousands of budgets over the years. Um, if I look at a personal budget or even a corporate budget, a business budget, anywhere between 15% of that budget all the way up to about 75% of that budget can be variable expenses. So if I'm tracking my spending on an app and I spent $1,200 at you know a, a dealership to fix my car, that's going to look egregious. It's going to look like I blew my budget for that line item. But really, if I've been putting away money every single month, $100 every month, every month, every month into my account, then actually I'm on track for my budgets. I've been accruing that money, waiting for that expense to take place. So actually my spending is on point. So these apps don't do a very good job managing variable expenses and variable expenses, like I said, make up anywhere between 15 and 75% of people's budgets. So, right. And it can be less productive to like, just kind of hop into the app and go back and classify your spending, which can give you a report. Like, you know, the ones that I've tried out, like I can, I have to go through every line item or manually enter cash. I really don't use cash almost ever, but I have to go in, I have to classify everything manually that's coming across from, you know, my card spending. Right. And then it gives me a report going backwards, but it doesn't give me those insights that you're talking about. Yeah. And so in, in QuickBooks these days, you can just hit a button, all of your transactions drop automatically into QuickBooks. And if you've spent money at that you know, that location before at that uh, store before it automatically remembers how it was classified. And now it's already automatically classified. It's already in there. So it's a lot more efficient and a lot more effective to use a uh, software like QuickBooks. And I'm talking for your personal, everybody. I use QuickBooks for my personal and for my companies. Works the same way. And that way I can see a PL of my budget and my actual and the difference. That's perfect. Thank you so much for, for clarifying your, your feelings on that, because through the context of your experience and your opinion, you know, I, I sometimes get hyped up thinking that those things are going to solve all my problems. And just like anything else in life, whether it's uh, mental health, emotional health, physical health, or financial health and wealth, um, there's no substitute for putting the right amount of work in and getting myself set up properly. Absolutely. So, yeah. I hope everyone's takeaway from that is, um, it can feel very powerful and can feel very easy to download an app and feel like you're you're taking uh, proactive steps towards uh, financial health and and budgeting and tracking in those ways. But there's no substitute for you know following a real system and getting present to the things that uh, Aaron you've shared with us and broken down. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, I think Ryan, something that is not talked about enough is your personal financial team. Obviously, the the CEOs of the world were were used to meeting with our accountant and our bookkeeper and. Uh, you know, if we have a big enough company, our, our CFO. But on the personal side, a lot of times people don't think of a team. You know, you, obviously your CPA is part of your personal team. Um, I think that's a, that's an obvious one. But also your bookkeeper. You know, I have a bookkeeper that that does my personal as well, and I love having my monthly meetings with my bookkeeper on my personal side because they catch when I was was charged, you know, more than once 
or when, when, when something was, was, was not debited correctly. So having a bookkeeper on your personal side is, is very inexpensive. I think my personal bookkeeping bill is around 250 bucks a month. And that's for all my rental properties, everything that's on, on the personal side of the balance sheet. So very valuable. And then the last, and this is kind of a unique structure, is an accountability buddy. So my best friend, Lance, he's been on the show before. He's, an, he's a serial entrepreneur. Uh, we own a real estate company together. Lance and I, we meet once a month to go over our financial freedom, our retirement. He is my accountability buddy. So we talk openly about how much money we're moving in. Are we buying properties? What's the game plan? What is the plan? How are we doing with our plan? Do we have any debt? How are we managing our debt? So he is my accountability buddy. We meet at a coffee shop in, in La Jolla, um, usually on Sundays, usually around noon. And that's our once a month meeting where I have to open up kind of my uh, financial back end and say, hey, listen, man, here's my retirement plan. Here's my 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 annual goals, my monthly goals, and here's how I'm doing working my plan. And then he does the same thing. So we are accountable to kind of talk out the problems, you know, the stuff that shows up. And it's really nice to, to not be so secretive and, and in my own isolated world with this. Retirement is important to all of us. Being financially free is important to all of us. And it's not, again, it's not something that's often taught to us. So having people that are supporting you helping you stay accountable and keeping it front of mind is absolutely motivating. So I strongly encourage everybody to find that one, two, three accountability buddies, set it in the calendar and start moving on it for the new year. It's like financials anonymous. You need sponsors. <laughs> absolutely. You know? Yeah, no, it's, it's important. Like, uh, you know, having a personal trainer or a nutritionist or anybody um, in your life to help you achieve those goals that are marathons, not sprints. You're not going to get those instant results that you may be looking for. You know, a lot of us have been trained through our, our societal advancement, um, you know, th that we, we, we're expected to feel good all the time, or we're expected to feel like we're make, we're getting these dopamine hits of, uh, of achievement all the time. Um, and it's, it's more realistic that good habits, good financial hygiene over time is going to get you there. Absolutely. So, yeah. So thank you for sharing all of that. And to our, to our entire audience, uh, I really encourage you to go back through our catalog of build episodes and look for the ones that are, are about other financial topics and, and business topics that relate to you strongly. Um, the ones that appeal to you, you can check our show notes for descriptions of what's in the episodes and look for the things that you may be asking yourself questions that we don't know you're ask, asking because it's not a phone call. Um, but whatever other pieces that we've discussed, the tools that we provide, the actionable insights we provide, uh, that can help make this, this financial information even more real to you and your business, um, and filling in the holes of where you're asking, well, maybe I have this problem or that problem or this situation, uh, we might've covered it. And if we haven't, please send us an email to hello at the buildifymethod.com and we will make sure to get back to you or maybe even feature your question on an upcoming build episode. So with that. Uh, I want to thank you all for joining us uh, on here on part two of our two-part series called Essential Finance for Business and Personal. Um, all of this content was extremely, extremely informative and valuable. Uh, so Aaron, I want to thank you for sharing it with us. And for you, our listeners, I want to thank you for taking this information and working it into your business and your personal life. Um, here on the Buildify Method, we're always looking to make sure you have the best information and resources. And we thank you for joining us each and every week. I do encourage you to go back and listen to part one if you happen to accidentally skip to part two. 
It is really, really wonderfully jam-packed with information about the business side of finance and budgeting. We thank you so much for joining us here on the Buildify Method podcast, and we look forward to talking to you again very soon.